Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a Podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. The war won't stop with First Blood Part 2. It will escalate to Rambo 3, which should really be called Rambo 2 First Blood Part 3. But the Rambo titles never made sense, and neither does war. Abin Nadir, Facebook status update. Leonard likes this post. Hello, lovely. How you doing? Hey, baby. You I wasn't talking. I was talking to. I was talking to the listener. To Me the, too. To the perspective. Oh, well then this is then this is real awkward, isn't it? This is embarrassing for both of us. Hello, lovelies. We hope you're well. Obviously, me and Steven are here to vie for your attention. Uh, we're, we're both going to see... I don't know where I'm going with this. We're both going to We're both trying to take the listener out on a date, right? Yeah, you know, and you can date one of us, both of us, none of us. It is your decision. Mm -hmm. Please pick me. We've gotten off on a weird foot. How are you, Steven? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Hello? I'm not too bad. Time for another podcast. Another one. Number 63. The 63rd episode of Community we're doing today. Ah, good old number 63. You know, we're when I was a young warthog, I, yeah. I once thought to myself, you know, one day I want to get to 63 of something. You know, yeah. it's 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 nine it's times seven. round number. Yeah. Good. Call it Good quits. quick math. You, you yeah. know your times tables that fast, do you? I do. Wow. I still have to use my I, – I, I guess maybe I don't anymore, but well into my adult years, I had to use my fingers for certain times tables. You can use your finger? Isn't it like nines? Is it? <laughs> I used to – I don't even know oh, the trick okay. anymore, but I okay. used to have a Here's, trick I'm with my just fingers like guessing for certain based on times tables. Nine. So you have nine and one, nine yeah. times – Two. I don't know. Let's let's not it's do this. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everybody. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Another week of the show. Thank you for spending your time to do whatever it is we're doing over here with us. 
Uh, welcome to the show. I just want to give a shout out at the top to our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, and Melissa LaPena. We love those people very much, and we do all kinds of fun stuff over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, like our live pre-podcast that we do every week before we record this one. Uh, we have some side project podcasts, and uh, you get this one early every week. I think that's pretty cool. That's a pretty sweet deal. I had a blast today on the pre-show. We didn't do one today. We're still in this... Wait, in you... This, you Who were was there? I talking oh. to for an hour? An hour? Tell me about it. Uh, well, I like entered the the link that I got yeah. emailed. Wow, it was a different one than you normally send it from. Yeah. It was like definitely Zach at Hotmail dot com, yeah. and I clicked the link, and it wasn't through Streamyard where we normally do it. It was like it kind of looked like Omegle, but like. Hmm the camera was blacked out and you were using a voice changer and I thought you were just doing a bit. Yeah. But then you started asking me to do like really weird stuff. And Did you do it? Yeah. For content. <laughs> you were like, yeah. come on, man, just, just play along. And you kept saying like, stop being a little bitch, which you like say normally, <laughs> but you said it like extra aggressive this time. Yeah. Uh, you kept like telling me to stop crying, which is also not your MMO. So I thought some things might have been fishy, but I trusted it. I promise what typically goes on over on the Patreon is nothing like that, so, <laughs> so feel safe putting your money into it. But if enough of you join and say that that's the type of thing you're looking for, I'm sure we can make that happen. I, I, we just want to make the people happy, clearly. You got to also give a shout out at the top of the show to our community, Papa, at Communities on Twitter. Without them, I don't know that we would be making it to episode 63 of Community. Hop on pop and hop on the communities train. But no, yeah, I think that without their little push in our rears to help us climb this mountain, yeah. you know, if, if, if Papa's hands weren't perched just below us, like Atlas holding up the yeah. world, but the world are our butts. You know, I'm more than willing to hop up on top of our Papa with you and bounce at the, the optimal velocity as we keep traveling down this path towards number 69. That would be like a great Eminem verse you just spit there. You're like, hop on top of pop, the optimal velocity. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Krista Aaliyah. <laughs> Ooh. Hi, That's everyone. I'm Zach. Let's <laughs> run that one again. Welcome to the show. We'll just start over. You know, yeah. we didn't really do much. Let's just start start at the top. High level. Start on top as we hop on pop. <laughs> and it ain't gonna stop. <laughs> Whole lot of napkins. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach and... No response. Nice. Uh, I'm Stephen Baker. Poet by choice. Lesbian <laughs> by birth. We're really glad that you're here and excited to talk about a community classic today. Yeah, I think this... It brought back, like, memories of the first time I saw this episode. Wow. When I saw it, and I was like, wow, this is, like, a great community episode. It sure is. It's season three, episode 14. Man, is it insane the way that we're just barreling through season three. Plowing like a field at harvest, Zach. 
We're talking about Pillows in Blankets, the episode that was directed by Tristram Shapiro, a community great. He had 23 directing credits throughout seasons one through five, and it was written by the also great Andy Bobrow, who wrote Basic Rocket Science, Mixology Certification, Custody Law and Eastern European Diplomacy, Geography of Global Conflict, and in seasons four and five, he will write History 101, Intro to Knots, and Introduction to Teaching, and the episode originally aired on April 5th, 2012. Happy April 5th, Cinco de Abril. I really thought you were going to forget, so it means a lot to me that you You're say welcome. It. Thanks. <laughs> Let's talk about some trivia. Let's talk about what we learned from this week's episode of the television program community, I've got quite a few. This episode has a lot of, if you really want to, mm -hmm. if you're the type of person that likes to pause every five seconds and look at all of the stuff, this is the episode for you, I think. Yeah, there's so much. Uh, so I've I have got five. I guess I have six. I have six. So I'll give you two. What is connected to Nurse Annie's IV drip? Ooh, Gatorade. Do you remember what color? Uh, the yellow. Nice. Mm -hmm. And what does Shirley call Andre in her text declaring allegiance to Troy? Ooh, sugar plum? That's really close. You got the first word right. Sugar boo? Try again? That's so close. Sugar bear. That's less close. Uh, what was it? It's sugar boots. Oh, sugar boots. Nice. Um, how many transfers did the war result in? Twelve. At least twelve. Yes, yes. Uh, how long did Blanketsburg's first attack last? 12 minutes? No, you got to cut minutes. that bad boy in half. There it is. Yeah, I knew it was one of the two. Six minutes, nice. Um, how much is Friends Weekly magazine, and how often oh, wow. does it come out? Is it quarterly? Is it bi-weekly? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just know um, that they won Friendship of the Year again. Yeah, they two-time winners, back-to-back. -back. Um, it's 10 cents and comes out every Saturday. That's nice. Mm -hmm. What does the model for Pierce's Pillow Man uh, allow ample room for? Uh, I don't know if I know the exact words, but it, it says to allow ample room for the crotch. That's yeah, that's what I was looking for. Nice. Um, why does Shirley stay with Troy? Another question mm, from her message uh, to uh, Because uh, the main thing I remember is because she's worried that Britta would get her boy on the weed. Yeah, she doesn't want Britta to put him on the weed. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the Portuguese sailor that found Greendale, <laughs> and what was he looking for? Okay. Um I have to what make sure a weird I say this bit. right. What a weird long bit. Yeah, funny bit. The weird long bit. Yeah. They like started it and it just kept going. Um, it just kept going. English memorial. Yes. And he was looking for a fountain that could cure syphilis. Yes. And, and do you know who the painting was of? English memorial, the the little painting of him that they showed. Who that actually is? Yeah, it was Dan Harmon. It was That's a little painting hilarious. of Dan Harmon. All right, what? Do you have one more? I have two more. Oh, okay. What is Leonard's nickname? Oh, oh, shit. Oh, uh, it's not coming to me. Bucket of Guts. Yes, okay. <laughs> I remember him having the, 
not parenthetical, but in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got just one more for you. How long did the ordeal last in whole? Two and a half days. Good job. Nice. Um, okay. You got what are you, the rules? Other than sugar boots, you got every one of my questions. You I know did a great you've been job. nailing mine for the most part. The only one you missed yeah. was bucket of guts and the magazine one. Well, let's see. Um, one left. I, I I hope you get this one. Okay. What are the rules for hitting behind the knee? Oh my god, I don't know. Okay, so there's a poster where it has like the the rules, uh, sure, right? With the human no being. face shots, no crotch shots, everything yeah. else is allowed. And then there's an arrow that says. Behind the knee, technically legal, but will be frowned upon. Interesting. Okay, that's mm-hmm. funny. No, I didn't pause and read all of that. It's good, solid trivia from us though this week. It yeah, wasn't not bad. bad. Not bad. You especially. You knocked it out of the park. I did watch the episode at least one time. That's today. great. Yes. Well, let's move on and see what the great people who incorporate their wisdom into our silly little program. Let's see what they've given for us this week. Well, we've got three emails this week, Zach, which I have to say is pretty awesome, considering we're recording inside of this time bubble that we're in. Yeah, we are still in this time bubble. We're almost on the other end of it. Let's see. We're recording. We're coming at you today. It is September 6th, 2021, and I believe this episode will be coming out on the 20th as you and I are heading our way back on home. Oh, there sure will be a lot of heading on that ride back home. Well, yeah, let's see what we got. Thanks to the people who helped fill in the gap for our time vacuum. Our time vacuum wouldn't suck just the the right amount of tightness without you. <laughs> All right. Uh, email numero uno says okay. it's from Danny. It says okay. Happy Monday. Hi, Here's a quick round of trivia because I'm running out of time. Sorry if there's any repeats. Also, my funniest moment was Pierce's entrance as the Pillow Monster. Sure, that was great. When um, Pierce is like, I'm gonna. F- kill you, oh you my little God. bastards. That is so funny. Yeah. I lost my shit. Um, yeah. Okay, what's the name of the book Pierce is holding in the intro scene? Make your war... Make your... Make sorry. your wars... Make your wars worldier. Worldier. Nice. Or yeah, make your... Yeah, that was it. it would be, it's hard to say. It is. <laughs> um, what time was it when the Dean first approached Jeff to talk to Troy and Abed? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, what emojis did Jeff send to Annie? Oh, my God. Birthday cake. Birthday cake. Unicorn. I don't know. That's honey. all I got. <laughs> I almost was thinking to like ask a question, so like, what emojis were stuff. used. Yeah. I remember Annie sent Jeff, like, a birthday cake. It was like a thumbs up emoji was one of them. The I first think. one was the thumb. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm so bad at picking up on visual things like that. Yeah, it's tough being blind and trying to analyze yeah. a show visually. Yeah. Um, who did Abed send the mean email about Troy to? Leonard and Starburns, right? Oh, I didn't even pick up on that part, just that Troy had read it. I didn't hear... Man. Dropping the ball. Idiot. Mm-hmm. And then how much are the DVD specials in the end tag? They're like <laughs> 200 bucks. Really? I just yeah. know all three of them... We're uh, a year in Paris, Dean Belton, from labs to riches, the Annie's boobs story, Mm -hmm. and that's interchangement. (laughs) (laughs) 
Chang was I really in this episode love that a lot. Tag. Obviously, we'll analyze the. Go ahead. Do you like Chang yeah. in this one? Chang was in this episode a lot, but I really enjoyed everything. Even like the still shots of him when he's. <laughs> I got really oh yeah he's eyes. got his fingers in his eyes next to a poster of him also with his fingers in his <laughs> eyes. I was just gonna say we'll analyze it at the end, but I really liked to the end tag. Yeah. And Troy and Aved had this like demeanor of where Troy's like, We know you don't like hearing this and we don't like doing it, and Aved's like, Oh, we hate doing this. I don't know, just their mentality <laughs> the whole time was really funny. Really funny. Average size hugs, Danny. Aw, thanks. Thanks for an appropriate hug size this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Slow a lot. Um, next email. Now, I mean, I gotta be honest. It does feel like she's overcompensating. You know what I yeah, mean? We I, don't I need feel the attitude. Like, yeah. <laughs> Either hug us or don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't half-ass it. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. The next one is from our good friend at Peep Review. Yes. Which there was a confusing situation with an email from them a while ago. Yeah, the email it was out. from last week, I think, or two weeks ago. I don't know. Time vacuum, right? Time vacuum, yeah. Uh, there was an email that we got that was just two photos and a subject line talking about <laughs> erectile dysfunction, but there was a whole email to it that was pretty <laughs> lengthy that didn't show up for us for some reason when we did didn't. the show, so we didn't... It was just this bizarre email about little women, and so apologies to Peep Reviews. Do we have the, do we have the entire correspondence <laughs> we, this week? We do. Um, so my last email, y'all didn't read. You just saw the pics, and that's fine, I guess. Um, I also uh, forgot to do trivia this week. But overall, I really liked this episode. It's fine, I guess. I, <laughs> I grew up watching the History Slash Travel Channel docs, and they did it well. Also, Keith David. Correct. I agree. Uh, my MVP is Jeff. Actually going to the dean's office to get the hats was adorable Aww. as f- and Jeff, as much as, sorry, they said AF, and I, you know, we have an older audience sometimes, so I want to make sure that your grandparents sometimes. in particular knew exactly what, what it meant, what that meant, yeah. Okay. Um, adorable AF, and Jeff, as much as a douche canoe he can be, was pretty sweet this episode. Sent from Guinness, it was a world record mistake agent's disgraced laptop. That one was a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read it a little better. Sent from okay. Guinness, it was a world record mistake. Agents disgraced laptop. Nah, it, I still it think still... it was a little bit of a stretch. There's mm-hmm. been some good ones. Um, also, I'm sorry. The subject line of this email was John Travolta. Why? For obvious reasons. Oh. Really? You had to be there. Okay. With John Travolta that dark, dark night. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Next. What? <laughs> The next email is from mm. our daddy, and the subject hey, line dad, dad. says, jumping ahead, pillows and blankets. Okay. Which well, makes... actually, we're doing it right now. Yeah. So it's not exactly jumping ahead. Oh, that's why, because just... dad yeah. visited us in the time vacuum and was like, here's all your right. shit. Jumping mm. ahead into pillows and blankets, but you know, this this episode comes out when it comes out, so mm. it's really just pillows and blankets. Just dad. pillows and blankets. Good try, Dad. You're almost worth it. Nice hit. try. Um, hi, guys. There's hey. a lot. Do you notice that he never calls us by name anymore in case he forgets one of them? Aw. Do you think he thinks that every single time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was like, hi, Steven. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I forgot about that. Oh, sorry for reminding you. Um, there's a lot 
of great about this episode written by Andy Bobro. 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 Pick your favorite. Bobro. Bow, 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 bow. Uh, it's not that to one. film it, the director, Shapiro, had to ask for specific shots of the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Director, which he did hated asking, but he... <laughs> well, that make, well, no, that makes sense because whoever was doing this episode needs specific footage that they sure. would have done last week to co- incorporate into it. So while they're making their episode, you'd have to be like, hey, can you make sure to get a couple of these from mine? And yeah. that would be probably annoying to everybody to have to be sure. like, hey, while you're all working really hard on this one, can you do another one at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So he, he hated asking the previous director, but he needed so it would work. Um, yeah. And they did a great job of getting some of those shots. You know, I, I really liked the like the phone camera angle of Starburns throwing the pill. That sure. was a cool like tie in. And there um, was some cool just all about that. The way that the action was shot for this one, it like zoomed in so in certain good. ways. And yeah, um, this also has Keith David doing the narration. This is when they actually met him and everybody liked him and he liked them. So that helped make season six Elroy possible. The audio commentary, Dan just gushed about how much of a pro Keith David was, that everything that we heard was him doing it the first time. That's That he didn't have to re-record anything. He had had worked on every line phonetically, just so he knew exactly how to say each word. That's incredible. Pointed out how there's a line where the narrator refers to something as Ferris Bullerian, mm-hmm. and he said that on the first go. They said, "That's incredible. What That's a, a pro, class act, Keith yes. David. We love it." Of the Cape fame. Um, lastly, this no. episode contains no Brita dialogue, which means the only characters who are seen and speak in every episode are Jeff and Annie. Interesting. Not Abed? I guess not. Seen and speak. I guess there's like the uh, documentary episodes yeah, where we don't, don't see, see Abed, but he speaks. Okay. Um, oh, yes. That's a painting of Dan in the fountain, and that isn't Chevy in the Pillow Man. That's disappointing. Way to shatter that illusion for wow, me. Wow. I was so convinced <laughs> that Chevy Chase <laughs> put on it, that all yeah, those it, 50 of, pillows. Of of and course they wrote something inches. like that so Chevy wouldn't actually have to do it. And it worked better than a lot of the times that they do something like that. Mm-hmm. My MVP is Jeff. He really grows in this episode. Have a good one, guys. Communities, Matt. And here Thanks, is Pop. some trivia from our dad. Okay. Uh, what was the pillow thrown by Starburns? They oh, do I, say it's oh, like a whole like... It had a floral print. It's like hypoallergenic. It was a something select. Hypoallergenic. It was a brand that starts with an S, I think, but I don't remember. We'll get to that. That's the one. best I got. Was the name of the pillow fort before Troy left? New Fluffy Town. Mm-hmm. Okay. What distracts Troy? I remember a oh few because every God. time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, that would be a shitty question to give." The same thing. I every time I was like, "Should I pause it and write down all twenty-five um, of those?" And I decided no. The color yeah. red. Man. Jazz music. And I watched the episode yesterday. Fair enough. So I'm blanking um, a little. Music boxes and boobs. And someone yelling, look over there. Yeah. I don't remember the other Food stuff. Food smells. There were certainly more. Food smells. Um, There were certainly more. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the answers. A <laughs> hypoallergenic Sealy Select in floral print case. I'm going to give that I to I had everything got, but Sealy's. Yeah. Yeah, we we get that one. That was close. Um, New Fluffy Town, 
Okay. Okay, here we go. This is what distracts Troy. Loud yeah. noises, the yep. color red, smooth jazz, shiny <laughs> things, food yeah. smells, music yeah. boxes, bell bottoms, boobs, barking dogs, and anyone saying, look over there. We only missed uh, like shiny three things, of them. loud noises, bell bottoms, and barking dogs. Yeah, you carried us on that one, Steven. Good job. Thank you. I, I really did remember the color red and the jazz. Is um, that it for the emails? Uh, yes, it is. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. It means the world to us. It does mean a lot. And because we're in this time vacuum, if you would like to contribute to the program once this episode has been released, the next episode that we're going to need trivia for is virtual systems analysis. So go ahead and send in your trivia, MVP, and favorite funny moment from that episode to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. And thanks to all the people who wrote in this week. We appreciate it. Let's go ahead and move on to the next segment, one of my favorites. I don't know if it's one of Steven's favorites. We're going to all figure out how close of attention Steven really paid to this week's episode. We're going to give him 20 seconds on the clock, and we're going to see if he can remember enough to describe eloquently all of the inner workings of pillows and blankets. How do you feel? Here's the problem, Zach, is I've been doing pretty well on trivia so far this week. And normally if it's I It's got to crash down. Yeah. If I feel confident, I, I just fumble it. I just well, drop it like a bag of wet noodles. This episode is so atypical, and the crux of it is fairly simple, or it's incredibly complex and intricate and detailed. Mm-hmm. So let's see. We're going to find out, everyone. Uh, sit down. You want to be sitting down for this because it's time to figure out, did, did Steven, Steven watch the episode watch the episode this week? not giving you any more time to think about it you've got 20 seconds on the clock three two one go the war rages on between team pillow and team blanket jeff is a conscientious objector but he likes giving speeches to get everyone and excited uh pierce joins abed eventually because he gets demoted after Shirley gets uh, promoted they fight each other a lot there's a giant pillow man but really troy and abed aren't friends now they're friends again because they realize that they love doing this together and they have fun together jeff becomes a good guy brit takes bad pictures Man, uh, I mean, you, you got a lot of it because it is fairly simple. Yeah. But there was just no showbiz pizzazz to that at all. There was no pageantry. There was no passion. But I feel like I, I, I'm, i like, in the middle of editing the last episode we did, and in that one you really biffed it, and I think I gave you, like, a C or a C minus. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was that bad. But I also don't think it's really a B. I don't know if I want to give you a B minus or a C plus. Um, Come on, Zach. It's April 5th. It's not anywhere near that. So I'm going to go with a C plus. April 5th? Where did that come from? That's when the episode aired. Have you forgotten so soon? I guess. Yeah, that's a C plus for me this week. Not (laughs) your best work. But always a fun segment. I had a good time. Did you? I did. Let's talk I about lose it. probably like six months off my life every week when we do this. Six months every week when you do this. Mm-hmm. We, Steven, we've done this. Well, I guess we didn't start that at the beginning, but we've probably done that 35 times. Yeah, we've certainly done <laughs> You've it. You've lost 15 <laughs> years of your life? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> this won't go in the episode, but talk about having a heart attack on the dance floor. <laughs> That's going to happen the day before our trip. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that 
really below. I'd like to do it like on I'd a ride. Still, no, so that don't then feel you can bad. Don't Disney. feel bad because I'd still go. Here's what. No, wait. <laughs> just carry my body around like weekend yeah. at Bernie's and like put yeah. me on a ride and have me yeah. die at Disney. No previous yeah. conditions and the ride mm-hmm. kills me. You're getting yeah. money. I don't know if I'm getting money. Uh, well, my will, everything is left to you. Oh, okay, cool. All of my potential winnings and so lawsuits. So your estate will will sue. Yes. Let's talk about this week's episode, Pillows and Blankets. It's an absolute classic. It's one of the most memorable, atypical episodes in Community's run. Upon this rewatch, Stephen, what did you think of it? I really, really enjoyed it. I think that it instantly, after... I watched it, I think three-ish times i didn't get all the way through the third one but sure i uh i would definitely say it instantly jumped to top three this season for me possibly number two what about of the series of the series i think this is like a big argument for mount rushmore i think that it can go up there possibly i, I really like this episode i really like this episode i do not think it gets a mount rushmore for whatever reason i think this episode is both really really impressive really funny really layered really detailed and they do all of that incredibly but for whatever reason it's not one of my absolute favorites of the high concept episodes and i'm not sure what it is maybe it's that they do the documentary format so sure. well that I'm bored after the first twelve minutes. Mm. I don't know if that's what it is. I don't. I don't know what. I it is. think that uh, the, a place where you and I would disagree sure. is I like this episode more than I like um, the chicken finger one. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow, I, I think you're gonna turn a lot of heads with that statement. Yeah. Well, I don't well, know. If you remember back to season one, the chicken finger one was like. In my top five, certainly, sure. of that season, but it wasn't sure. one, two, or three? Probably. Yeah, okay. Interesting. I Maybe maybe the reason why it, it, it it's a little held back for me is because it's such an atypical episode, mm-hmm. and because you get little to none of the cast of community really in it, sure. but it's a really fun exercise, but it almost feels a little bit more like a really in-depth DVD special feature or, like, sure. webisode than it does, like, an episode. Now, there are a couple of things, especially, like, obviously it's really important to the arc that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, and especially the end, they kind of make it feel like a community episode again. But you know what I mean? It almost feels a little special feature to me. Uh, as somebody I don't, I don't who... know. I, I don't know doesn't watch a lot of dvds nowadays i have not gotten to experience the pleasure of a special feature actually that's not true i bought danny the whole series of the office and we were watching that we watched nice. the special features so i just lied never mind strike it from the record i don't know i don't at all want to sound like i'm i'm really soured on this episode because i do think it's a classic i think it's incredibly impressive i think it's really well written and i also think it's probably the best edited episode in the history of community uh, it just isn't a Mount Rushmore for me. It just isn't. You know what I'd like us to do when this is now, all that said being said, I don't think Chicken Fingers is either. That's fair. True. Um, when this is all said and done and we finish Community, what I'd like to do is obviously we're going to have like our top list. We'll probably rank sure. the episodes. 
Sure. But even more so than that, I want us to each craft like a perfect season, right? Not necessarily the 13 greatest episodes of the show, because that wouldn't be, but I want to craft like the perfect, like, regardless of overarching themes, beginning to end 13 episode season of Community. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, because Community never really, I don't think it's, it's, uh, uh, what? I don't think it's, offensive to say that they never quite nailed season openings and endings no and also that there are always overarching plot lines but the show's pretty episodic mm-hmm. uh that's interesting i'd be in, i'd be intrigued to see what you would come up with yeah maybe Me that's too. some food for thought <laughs> let's dig into this week's episode yeah pillows and blankets how does it start off uh, what about our favorite funny moments, Zach? Oh, we didn't even do that, did we? Wow, look at us. We look at you. yip yap yarpin You this is yarper. A, this is a two-man thing. I've never been a man in my life. I wrote down two things. This episode doesn't have a ton of huge laugh-out-loud moments, so I wrote down two of the smaller details that I noticed that made me laugh pretty hard. Uh, one is Troy saying, and Garrett fixed the microphone on my laptop. It's doing that <laughs> thing again, again, again. That yeah, was really I funny. laughed really hard at that. And the other one was that the Chang Glorious Bastards, to show like mm-hmm. how how gruesome of warriors they are, they were wearing <laughs> necklaces made of mattress tags. I thought that was really, really funny, too. That's I love the Chang Glorious Bastards. Uh, I have three. Okay. The first one is... Towards the beginning of the episode, when the like the fighting first happens, they cut to the dean crawling around on the floor yelling, Jeffrey, find me. Jeffrey, find me. And Jeff's <laughs> taking pictures from the other side of the room, not listening. Yeah, that was really funny. Pierce, when he first comes in in that suit and fighting the kids, mm-hmm. like you said, when he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you bastards. Yeah. So funny. Like, I cackle every single time that that suit that is, is really involved funny. in this episode. Um, and then the last one I had, which I didn't laugh super hard at this, but I thought it was funny, was when Jeff is like recording in the booth with Keith David, and he's like, "Were you in the cape?" And he's like, "No, no." That was <laughs> such a weird. So, uh, okay, so obviously this episode's canon because the Troy and Abed stuff has really been yeah. going on, but it feels not canon in a lot of ways. There are a lot of things that you really have to suspend your disbelief for for it to work as an episode. And so when that happened at the end, it was just like like a like a like my brain was just getting bombarded with this meta co- content. Here's I, I here's know. what After I'll paint bit, you a picture of and why it works and for was me. like what just happened? Here's why it works for me. The cape exists within the universe of community. Yes. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Greendale, who wants to put together a documentary about this event that took place. Yes. And had, like, interviewed everybody about it. I think that could happen. Someone could go around the campus and interview them. Yes. They can record voiceovers of the people that were in it to save money. But they get one pull, and they bring the capes, Keith David, in to record the narration because he's black Well, no, I I think even at this point they bring someone who's not the capes keith david it's just a burly black man with the sultry voice and jeff assumes that it's the capes that keith works david. even more so then he says no because he's not i guess i almost just struggle with believing that the documentary made in this episode 
is canon being made in the universe of the show. There's, I know that apparently it is because they make a couple of references to it. Mm-hmm. It just feels different from the times they've done something like that before. It, it, it's harder for me to believe. I don't know. It's it's untied from the reality of the show as we know it in a way that is hard for me to go with maybe a couple of times. Okay. I, I, I will accept that. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm right at all. I think you're probably right. Aw. I just have some gaps with this one. I don't know. Let's go through it. I, I think this will be fun. Uh, it, it can't be said enough about this episode how well it was conceived oh, and yeah. edited and shot. The I'm editing sure is this episode is had to be hard to write. The, yeah, the editing is great. There's a lot of great ADR voice work with a lot of the characters mm-hmm. throughout the episode. Uh, I, I really will have a lot of great things about this one to say. Uh, the way that Community... I don't know more than so more, more than most sitcoms. The way that this show likes to trash the set and totally uh, change it for whatever they need to do that week, and then next week it's back to how it was before any of it happened. Yeah. I think this is a great example of that. I love seeing all the feathers. Shirley, I love that it starts with Shirley because I think she is like a real bright spot in this episode for me. Even though she's not my MVP, I'll go ahead and spoil that now because she's just not in it enough. But Shirley what was a damn near impossible episode to choose an MVP it's for because really that's tough. not really what this is. A this is not really even for being the Troy and Abed like fight episode. It's not really a character centric episode no. at all. No, but Shirley's fantastic, this whole one. She opens up with that, like, kind of, like, ha- harrowed, you know, like, I, I swung and I hit someone and they could have been on my side. I don't know. But then the whole episode, Shirley's just kicking ass. She's great. It, well, it, it tracks because she's always kicking ass when it's paintball as well. Yep. Uh, I bet as an actor it would have been really fun to do this episode like the shot we see now that's of Troy mm-hmm. screaming with a pillow up in the air, that they would have just had to like create these photo moments. For, yeah. I'm sure they picked them out of footage maybe, but I think they would have been like, okay, so for here we really want a triumphant you lifting it up. And I bet that would have been so fun to play pretend and take just take pictures of like this big pillow fight. I don't know. And I want to say something, Zach, because this episode does something really well that a lot of times I really hate. What? a lot of still imagery and i think it works because of the format i especially like anime have a big issue with it in most shows there's i can think of like one where it was done well where i liked it and it was done this well where it was used intentionally and especially in the fight scene later when they intercut like the still frames and then it goes to like the like moving like actual shot of it i really love the way that's done i don't know if that's like the director or the editor whose decision that is but that's fantastic this must have been such a hard episode to write Mm -hmm. and to to conceive i don't know how much of this would be director and how much would be editor that's that's a good point yeah Uh, but i agree with storyboarding for this has to be like so like it just has to fit like time wise i don't know how you line this up so well so it fits in a 21 minute episode did you notice how the first time we get a shot of Annie that it starts focused on her boobs and pants? It normally up? does. I get that that's a joke, but I don't know if it's my favorite joke. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with the monkey being named Annie's boobs, but yeah, I don't know. Sure. Annie had some funny moments in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like her as a nurse, uh, IV dripping Gatorade <laughs> and into lint rolling the people. feathers off and putting them in a bucket or in a like big bowl. 
Britta, I thought was really funny. The small role she did have in this episode was very comical. And it was still kind of like Britta sucks, but in a very like, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was funny. No, I think this might be the first time that I can say for me, the Brita sucks ratio to laughter because of it uh, was off. That I I don't think it was that funny, and she didn't have anything to do but be a punching bag in this episode. I don't believe that Brita is so incompetent that she couldn't take photos. She did take photos, just not good ones. I don't know. I just thought I've been really looking for when this starts happening that I don't really laugh that hard at it because so mm-hmm. far they've been starting to hammer down on her pretty hard. But I always think it's really funny. This one didn't make me laugh that much, but it, sure. it's it's a pretty small part of the episode. I love the shot one, of magnitude draped across the pillows like he's just lying there dead. Well, one of this episode's like shining spots is just like I don't know. I always love an episode of Community that allows Greendale as large to at large to come to the forefront mm-hmm. to let the the background characters really fill the halls. And this episode does a great job of that. It makes Greendale you know, sometimes Greendale can feel like a, a building that only has 20 people in it yeah. because there's the study group and whatever five people are walking around as extras in the background. But this episode makes it feel like Greendale is a school that's full of students, like hundreds of students, and we've seen so many of their faces before. I think this episode uses that really well. Well, and touching on what you said earlier about kind of the backgrounds, like obviously they're trying to get a still shot, but some of them have to be actually, I mean, look at the shot behind Jeff right there. You see people like getting hit with pillows, and, like bracing themselves or like yelling, like as they're swinging. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I do like Jeff quite a bit in this episode, which I is nice too. after not liking him that much in the previous episode. I think he gets to do some classic Jeff jackassery and also gets to have a couple of nice moments where he puts others ahead of himself in small ways that he usually doesn't, especially after the Contemporary Impressionist episode and last week with the Kim Locker storyline. Yeah. Jeff is usually so incapable of stepping outside of himself. It was nice to see a little bit of that this week. The introductions to all the study group members I thought were pretty funny. They were all pretty funny. A little round of Chevy Watch. This episode is perfect for the type of effort Chevy was willing to put into the show at this point. He's mostly in pictures, he's in a couple little group scenes where we see him in live video, and then he's Pillow Man, which is where he's funniest and also where he's not on the screen. (laughs) Uh, So I think this is the perfect marriage of community knowing how to write Chevy Chase as he's willing to act right now. Yeah, so funny. I thought this was also a pretty great Troy episode for not yeah. having uh, for not having much of them, really. One of my problems with this whole Troy-Abed rift storyline has kind of been the way that Abed has been written, and mm-hmm. I don't know that this really fixes any of that. I feel like the... Abed's conflict in all this is weird where in in kind of a Jeff way, I don't really feel like he learned a lot throughout this. No. And he kind of needed to. Well, because Abed was just really unnecessarily mean the last few episodes. And Abed isn't normally mean. He can be like distant or dry. But Unknowingly, he's not mean. he can be a little mean, but he's he's repetitively mean. Yeah, and mean to Troy, which is not not good in my book. But on the flip side of that, I think throughout this whole thing, 
Troy has been written tremendously well, yeah. and Donald has played him well, and that continues in this episode. I think it is a really great Troy episode. I think so, too. I like the way Keith David delivers talking about, you know, Troy's all uh, upset because of the war, and he was later quoted as saying it was awesome, but also it wasn't. That's <laughs> totally, you can hear it in Troy's voice in Keith David's voice, Yeah, and that's really cool. I like the shot of Abed, like he's, like, writing out plans, but also he's looking. The blueprints. Yeah. I didn't get the thing about – I know that they were trying to show off in his introduction some of his weird, perhaps neurodivergent tics, but why – how would mouthing the Pledge of Allegiance help him know left Because from he right? puts his right hand over his Oh, heart. duh. I, I didn't put that together at all. Every time that line came through, it just didn't quite land with me. I, I, I guess I get it now. This show's too smart. <laughs> too good. The – like, like the boner uh, joke from last time, Zach. It just went right over. Yeah, that high class boner joke. Yeah, which normally you are you are right on the pp right on the boners all the boner time. jokes, but uh, I really liked the documentary angle of you know some of this footage would have been recreated for the documentary, like here where mm-hmm. it's a torn up picture of Troy and Abed's friendship alongside <laughs> all of these feathers. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, <laughs> blowing the, the way one half blows away. Sure. I want to talk for a second. Do you think that this episode needed scenes like this explaining the documentary crew, having the Dean talking to Jeff? It almost feels a little bit like they were 95% committed to the bit and they should have just gone 100%. Should have just done it. I think that it. this is one of the few times this episode that they – tell instead of show i think they do a really good job of show don't tell in this episode for the most well part. i mean i get the community writers that they have to be like if we're doing a documentary about pillows and blankets we have to tell them why a documentary is happening it can't just be a documentary they have to know this is who's filming it this is why it's being filmed i get like that but that's i don't think they had to do it in this way into. yeah if anything more so than ever this would have been the right time to just let it happen yeah these scenes in the beginning kind of take you out of that documentary feel for a little bit, or at the very least, it takes you out of the Ken Burns documentary feel. The mm-hmm. the Keith David narration kind of goes away for a second, and we get an extended period of Jeff and Troy yeah. and Abed and, and the Dean, and I think it takes me out of it a little bit. But I think it sets us up for those moments that come in the end of the episode that are a little more like this that work a little bit better. Totally. Because this is the scene where Jeff gives them – gives Troy and Abed these imaginary friendship hats uh, as a way to try to stop this conflict. And, of course, it doesn't because it's just Jeff rolling his eyes at the situation as usual. But it comes back in a big way at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. I do like the way here that Troy and Abed toss off the hats once they take them off. And I thought that was a really funny bit of acting. But, yeah, I don't know. I I think the episode could have been a slight bit better if they had made it all, like, still imagery or like phone captured action that kind of thing sure and that there wasn't a literal documentary crew filming as it was happening mm-hmm. well because that's that is something that doesn't necessarily track as well the documentary crew be there like days before the guinness rep is supposed to come yeah 
because then right after that scene we get like the the cause and it's this slideshow about Troy and Abed's friendship what happened between them how it became this war and how they're like two heads of this civil war it's all like a mm-hmm. civil war documentary and I I love this little segment and I if the episode was just built totally of vignettes like this I think it would have been a, like it's an 8 out of 10 I think it could have been a 10 out of 10 yeah I agree Surprised that wasn't a question, the rules of New Fluffy Town. I almost wrote that down as a question, but I didn't. I Because there was a point early in this episode where it became clear to me I could either do six questions or I could do like 20 this exactly. week. And I, and I just decided to, to pick and choose my battles. We get a little footage that I think is really nice, kind of adds to the Civil War mm-hmm. aspect of it all, of how uh, New Fluffy Town is like this dystopia, this like positive... Uh, utopia i mean not Mm -hmm. dystopia it's this positive utopia where like there's no farting everything's different everyone's (laughs) accepting everyone's supportive like crawling through a hug i thought that was a really nice little bit of world building and where it makes you forget that these are just community college students who are building a pillow for it they feel like people who live in the society and then for whatever reason uh, a bit that we commented on for a second last week they bring back the old blind man for a moment he doesn't really say anything that's that important he just comes and goes like he did last week yeah what's going on here it's harry jefferson the very old student I think it's such a bizarre touch that he's just been here these last couple episodes. Like last one, the subway. Do you is think that he just you? wandered My on set and they were like, so "Oh, we can use this"? I'm sure he must have just been an extra that they found, and they thought he had the perfect look, and they had to write him into something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a weird touch, and I don't know how many more times we see him. I doubt at all because I don't <laughs> remember him. Yeah. We get a little bit of recap about how Troy and Abed uh, are at an impasse because Troy was building with blankets, Abed with pillows. Troy is wanting to go for this world record. They they meet in the middle at an impasse, and that kind of catches us up to where we ended things last week. I love all the work we get with maps. Oh, that's episode. great. They do a really good job of this. One of my favorite thing about, like, I don't know, war documentaries and stuff is, like, the map with the colors because it's, like, a little game, and it's fun. It helps you keep up, and that's what we do here. We, yeah. we, we're seeing the territory. We're seeing what belongs to New Fluffy Town and what belongs to Blanketsburg. What do you think? Are you Team Blanketsburg just because of Abed being kind of in the wrong as yeah, a friend totally. in the situation? And I also think it'd be cool to have a world record. So I'm, I'm But very Pillow much Town was first. And Pillow Town could have just expanded and had blankets too. But That's true. But conceptual symmetry... Yeah, I see what you're saying, but world record, Zach. And here we get uh, what you had mentioned, this kind of, like, archival footage of the inciting event from last week where Starburns throws a pillow that takes down part of Blanketsburg. I thought seeing an alternate angle of this, the color correction being a little darker, uh, the way that the action is shot here, and the way that it (laughs) – first, the way it – stops and shows us a blueprint of the event and tells us all about the pillow that was thrown as if it was the shot heard around the world. Uh, It's all very, very well thought out, very well conceptualized, and really funny. I'm happy we get to see Garrett again in his camo pajamas. Well, I can't see him. Ah, the untrained eye. (laughs) 
I like the way that the action is shot a little bit differently. Like here, where the action's fast and and mm-hmm. they're all like bumping into each other, but then it kind of slows down for a second when it catches the face of Troy and Abed yeah. and the Dean. Uh, this is the great Dean. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, find me. <laughs> Jeff could not care less. I thought that was pretty funny. The study room kerfuffle. The ultimato. Yes, Funny after joke. that, after that event, or we're back to Jeff and the dean in the office trying to talk Troy and Abed out of this conflict, trying to end it, trying to make it peaceful so they can win the world record because obviously that's important to the dean just like it is to Troy. Uh, and and it allows for a really funny bit that I think is one of the more underrated Troy quotes mm-hmm. when uh, Troy says, It's not a request. I'm giving you an all tomato, meaning that you give me the whole tomato or else. Or else what? See you at midnight. But again, do you know what I, you see what I mean? It feels like these shots sure. aren't shot differently enough from the typical community to feel kind of removed from yeah. what came just before it that was so cool. Because then we're right back to the graphics, uh, talking about the loyalty, who lies with Pillow Town and who lies with Blanketsburg. I could have dealt with more of this. We only see a little bit no, of it. No, I kind of wish that they were more of like a sliding scale of people going back and forth so that we got to see them jump around a lot. That'd be funny. Or even just fact, more graphics. I do have a couple of issues with this episode. I'm sorry. I wish they had found a way to make this episode as good as it is, but it feels like they got so caught up in the idea of the documentary that they almost totally lost until the end and I don't think they totally make up for it they lost so much of the like emotional relevance of the Troy and Abed friendship story Mm. of how Abed needed to learn a lesson and how Troy needed to stand up for himself and I wish we would have seen a little bit more of that uh and I wish they I don't know you know what I mean it just feels like they got so caught up in things like the pillow man and in things like the the east west north south thing in so many the east west north south thing was a little dragged out I, a little bit. I thought it was funny though i don't i i'm having trouble comprehending what my black and white problems are with the episode because there are so many things that are great about it uh i just feel like it could have been a 10 out of 10 sure and there are a couple of things that keep it from quite getting that far bits like this i think are really funny when we see uh, kind of like how in Civil War documentaries or war documentaries in general, the 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 letters being written to loved ones that yeah. have been captured and we get to read them to help give some context to the story. We're using text messages in this for that. And we see Shirley's text to Andre talking about being late and recording forensic files. That was pretty funny. And then once Shirley becomes Troy's number one person, <laughs> Pierce bails and goes to Abed. I think that's funny. All of the Leonard is great. The Leonard talking head here about how he was in Korea. <laughs> Do you think, uh, is it is it then Korea where he got the Bucket of Guts nickname? It must be. Well, because he was on the North Korean side, they said. Oh, yeah. He was on the, <laughs> Leonard fought for North Korea yeah. in the Korean War. We see a lot of, I thought these were some funny shots, people mm-hmm. eating on like campfire stoves, yeah. preparing for wartime, uh, getting their getting their stuff together. I thought this was really funny. A lot of these background actors that we've never seen before and will never see again. I bet this was such a fun project to get to come be a part of. And oh, yeah. Sell it really, really well. 
Love getting real Neil with pipes of steel. This is the first time we see Radio Neil, isn't it? It's not the mm-hmm. last time. The smooth sounds of Daybreak. It, it's literally the only song Community has paid for the rights for these days. <laughs> they just use it in every excuse. This is funny. The like found footage style. Where he's like, "We're recording me stomping him at Go Fish," and then like the attack starts. It's great. The way that the battle's captured is, is really nice. The way it cuts back and forth from this found footage until someone like drops the camera on the floor mm-hmm. and also the map graphic of it using arrows as they're like charging towards each other. Uh, they do a good job. Of, so this episode was made as uh, an excuse for them to save a little bit of money. For them mm. to basically make two episodes out of that one episode that used this sure. elaborate setup. Uh, and and the way that on in, in spite of that, this was a money-saving effort, but the the battles feel so large because mm-hmm. of the way that they're captured. They feel larger than what they actually are on the set of the show. Sure. Surely with another great like line about you know hitting somebody so they stay down. <laughs> have you seen the Rambo movies? Because that was a really funny joke, too. I have not seen a Rambo movie. So for those who don't know, the order of the Rambo movies, the I first know one the is titles not called are screwed Rambo. Up. It's... Yeah, it's, it's First Blood. It's First Blood, then, then Rambo, Rambo First, First Blood, Blood Part, two, Part two, two, then Rambo, Rambo three. 3. Yeah. And then they just go by numbers until there was one that was just called Rambo again. Yeah. But that was a really funny joke, I thought, to just slide in there. Because that's something that Abed would absolutely like point out. And, like, like, this doesn't make any sense. Why compare? isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good Abed. Also, I came to realization today, Zach. Okay. I think I like Sylvester Stallone. Because I love the Rambo series today. and the Rocky series. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that Sylvester Stallone is in. He's in all the Rambo and all the Rocky movies. I don't think I've ever seen the a Rocky movie movies that are Sylvester great. Stallone the first four, top okay. tier. And sure. I like Creed as well. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that he's in. Have you seen The Expendables? That's no. good. I, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that he's in. Have you seen. Wait, yes, you have. Because he was... Oh, I've seen Spy Kids 3D. Spy Kids 3D, I've yeah. Spy Kids 3D, okay. I've seen the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone classic Spy Kids 3D. You know he has, like, Oscars You know he did Rocky? porn? He did do porn. The Italian Stallion. Hey, yo. I really liked Troy announcing that people need to prepare for war over the loudspeaker. And then at the end, like, it's got this old-timey filter on it, and he's... He's talking like he's a he's an old president, but it's because his microphone on his laptop is f***ed up. <laughs> I asked Garrett to please fix the microphone. It's doing that thing again. I thought that was a really funny, so funny. Troy line. I love the like outfits, the like uniforms that each side has because they like stick to a theme, and I like it. Pillow Town definitely has the more like um, Mediterranean like sure. tunic with the hats, and then Troy's has like the head wrap and the sash. I love it. A little Great bit more costuming. shitting on Britta throughout this battle. Uh, I mean, it's sure, it's kind of funny that she's literally crumpling a soda can to get a picture <laughs> of a crumpled soda can that tells nobody anything about the situation. Yeah. But this one hammers too hard on the Britta's the worst joke without actually letting Britta really do much. It's a waste of a Gillian Jacobs. She's so funny. It is. That's true. I, I will concede that fact. We get that great shot that I missed of the uh, human being and, like, rules for the pillow fight and what is allowed, what isn't allowed, 
when people are considered dead. And I love that it's in universe of community that whenever something like this takes over the campus, they have to sit down and decide, well, okay, when you get shot by a paintball, you're dead and you're out. Or, okay, when you yeah. get hit and you fall down for six seconds, that means you're out and you're dead or you got to stop hitting those people. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool bit. So funny. Pierce Hawthorne getting hurt during the battle and and suffering from broken glasses, a hurt finger, and using that as his excuse to explain away his erectile dysfunction. That's a good piece of it. So something I noticed in that shot, when Pierce is like supposed to be like just getting hit, instead of looking like he's getting like beat down, he's like reveling in it, like he's going super saiyan. I mean, he's like ha 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 ha, which is great. Because Chevy was probably just like, I'm the most powerful pillow fighter. And he probably was also like, nobody actually hit me. Yeah. <laughs> then we get the poem bit. You you quoted it in your introduction. The, mm-hmm. the unnamed, well, I guess named, but unfaced female student who reads a poem and then follows it up with her, her name. I saw uh, mommy kissing Exxon Mobil. Poet by choice, lesbian by birth. I thought the lesbian joke was a little... Pointless. I would like to go back and see if that was the name of the one that Britta kissed. That's a funny idea. I'm gonna look that up really quick. So no, your your interesting thought was incorrect. It wasn't the same lesbian. I thought it was funny, but I I guess it's not. I just feel like the bit funny. like took a while to rat to build up. And then mm-hmm. the joke was just that it's a lesbian. And I know me and Lily looked at each other after that bit and we're like, what was that? So here was my understanding. Not to defend it, I'm just going to say hi, like, took it. So it's like a normal, like, you know, it's supposed to be like pensive thing. And then it shifts to like, it would have been funnier if it was Britta's poem and she read it. The whole, like, I saw mommy kissing Exxon Mobile because that has nothing to do. When I first heard the voice, I thought it was going to be Vicky. That would be funny. And it would be like the shade of Vicky that she's this, like, poet. I thought that was where it was going. Yeah, I I would have rather it have been like Britta or Vicky or something. It's not the funniest joke. Whatever, Zach. Fine, the episode's bad. I'll agree with you. There you go. Pillows and blankets, the worst episode bad. of Community. You heard no, it here it's not from bad. Zach and Steven. No. At you can't disappoint a podcast. No. Set it in stone. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just Tattoo saying instead it on of your top butt ten, I think it's like top thirty. Ooh, thirty. Yeah. Not even top twenty. I don't know. Maybe top twenty, but maybe not. There's a lot Mm. of great episodes of Community. Sure. So now we get a little Jeff bit. He kind of, despite himself, uh, just because he loves to give speeches about nothing, finds himself in a pivotal spot on one side of the battle, but he kind of keeps switching sides, right? Because he just wants to, like, He just wants to give speeches, yeah. Apparently, there was originally a Jeff subplot that got cut from the episode that was about him being really involved and being really important to one of the sides, but the only reason he was there was because he had been using, like, a faculty bathroom. It was the only bathroom on oh, campus he would use, and he had, like, paid to have it fixed up really nicely or something, and that was, like, where one side of them was, so he just had to become a part. I kind of would have liked to have That's seen funny, yeah. elaborate on that, but this episode is so stuffed with stuff that it'd be hard to add anything else. Mm-hmm. I liked the way Keith David told – one of the things I do like about this episode is whenever Keith David reads a joke that's specific to one of the characters and despite it being announced by a totally different guy, it just feels so like that character. Yeah. Like in this one when he talks about uh, 
when Jeff was when critics of Jeff said he was just bringing it, he was just saying stuff to say stuff. He uh, he said that there had never been anything so accusatory. What well, he's like, there hadn't been anything so slanderous of betrayal since nine eleven. I thought that was very Jeff. I could see him yeah. saying that. Super funny. Then we get the texting bit between Jeff and Annie. I thought, again, like earlier with with Shirley, it's a funny bit. But when they do it here with Jeff and Annie, I think they come back to it a few too many times. I, I think they, they stay on it a little too long. I mm. think they could have, like, cut one of the emoji jokes. Um, this is another one of the moments where the sh- where the episode slows a little for me. That's In fact, fair. I think when I'm watching slow. the episode, this might be the point where I'm starting to be like, oh, I'm kind of bored. Hmm. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I like the text message thing because I think it, it it harkens back to, like, love letters between two people in a war who are on, like, opposing sides or something like that. Um, I, I think it's really funny how they're, like, fighting and then doing the emojis. I do like the explanation of the emojis that you can buy special icons and packages at the App Store. Yeah. I just think they do it a little too long. You know, Meanwhile, some of us have patience for documentaries, Zachary. Yeah, I guess it's I not just all don't. Fast and Furious and Jimmy yeah. Fallon with all of us. Okay, my two favorite things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like that Pierce shows up to Abed, and Pierce's weapon here that he's about to explain to Abed, and that we'll see later. That's so funny. I like that Pierce's literal goal in this episode is that he wants to f- shit up. Yeah. He wants to kill some kids. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the best at everything. He doesn't have any stakes in this at all, but because he's decided Abed is who he's loyal to, he tells Abed this plan that he's come up with, and we'll see where that goes in a little bit. Well, and uh, honestly, it's a pretty great pretty plan. Funny. I got to give it to Pierce there. It is a pretty good plan. I would have loved to see, like, behind the scenes, something like, who's the mole that's, like, leaking information to Troy's camp? Because a couple times this episode, some info gets leaked and intercepted by Troy. There are so, quite a few things in this episode that could have been elaborated on, mm-hmm. and the episode elaborates on so many things. This could have been an hour-long episode. That would have been great. Um, I love the, when we see Chang. Well, yeah, so, him. Yeah. yeah, so Abed has Pierce in this weapon. That comes around to Troy, so Troy enlists Chang and his army of children to help defend them. Uh, you really like Chang in this one, don't you? I love Chang in this one. The shot, the first thing you see is him pointing like some sort of like tranquilizer gun at his own like face, looking down the barrel, and <laughs> then you see the poster of Chang that says "I'm watching you" with his like fingers like between his eyes. And at himself, he's doing it right next to it. And Keith David's voiceover is so good, rumored to be literally, literally psychotic. psychotic. <laughs> that was a funny line. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then what was this bit where it, like Starburns has this opium den kind of situation? You got like, a, like a, a harem a massage of circle shoulder going rubs on. with these young girls. <laughs> but an attack comes right at that moment and and their their harem is broken down by an <laughs> army of children sent there by Chang. Look, again, when we talked about the beginning of this plot during the the impressionist episode i remember not liking the chang takes over the school episode near the Mm -hmm. end of this season but so far everything about it has been pretty damn funny it's been pretty good the children army is really great (laughs) the picture where it cuts from like the kid with like a malicious look on his face beating them with a pillow just talking about him recruiting these kids and it's this (laughs) 
picture of Chang on on <laughs> bent knee, like as if he's this adoptive father to this ragtag group of ragamuffins. The kids all have like sheriff badge stickers on their shirts. <laughs> Man, this show's so weird. This Even the shot so of the weird. kids like all just ripping open pillows and smiling. And Leonard rightfully says in another talking head that these kids being a weapon against one of the sides is a big deal because most of the people in this pillow fight hadn't fought with pillows in years, but Mm -hmm. these kids are kids, so they're so trained in a pillow fight. It's a way of life for them. Uh, And that's where I really like the bit that, well, okay, so the kids have, like, conquered. One of them's wearing Starburns' hat. I just noticed the hat. I was Disrupted his harem. And just like how in really graphic movies people will wear like finger necklaces of like mm-hmm. the people that they've like killed ears. they're wearing they're wearing mattress tags as a necklace that they're taking from each pillow that they've that they've captured or whatever i think that's a funny touch so Things funny getting about as ugly as they can get while still being a pillow fight annie points out and then again already we're back to jeff and annie texting at each other for a little while Birthday cake, birthday cake, unicorn woman's shoe. I only missed the woman's shoe. And it is funny. How's the thing going, Annie? No response. (laughs) Some more footage of kids kicking some ass with some pillows. Oh, and they are brutalizing these people with pillows, of course. And Abed is really, his people are getting their asses handed to him by these kids, so Abed has no choice but to release the Kraken that is Pierce Hawthorne. Uh, these kids are are absolutely annihilating this one or two these two people or so that are just in tears on the floor and they are interrupted by the man himself Pierce Hawthorne shows up <laughs> as Pillow Man absolutely charges look he's just decked out in in pillow You're gonna armor die, you covering little every inch of his body he's just cut holes in the top pillow to be able to see man what a fucking funny. <laughs> image what a nightmare that would be to see just charging at you i really like the shots you don't really even have enough time to read all of the stuff that it says but you see the blueprint of pillow man and and man i face mask conceals blanket eating warrior within i see 600 thread count 100 percent cotton case for i don't know there's just so much stuff going on it allows for extra room in the crotch because pierce is packing (laughs) Watching him just throw down on these children (laughs) with a pillow. I mean, I guess it follows the rules. It's still a pillow fight. Yeah. Do you think that they asked Chevy if he would do it or they just assumed he wouldn't? I think they just assumed he wouldn't. Do you think they're like, all right, so, hey, Chevy, so this week's episode, we want to run something by you. We got this costume we'd like you to try on. (laughs) And he was like, absolutely not. I love that um, Abed's thing about Rambo, instead of being like a text message, it just says, Abed Nabir, Facebook sat- status update. His musings about like the hell of war and Facebook status update, but Leonard likes this post. <laughs> That's a classic bit from this. I really yeah. like that a lot. I like how even when we get these little title cards of the different segments, the titles kind of like shift and move yeah. a little bit as if they're being recorded off of an old VHS tape or something. A lot of nice touches. Now Jeff and Annie have a scene together. Again, it's one of those scenes that's shot kind of outside of the documentary style. It kind Mm -hmm. of takes me out of it a little bit. Uh, And it's really only here to build up Jeff's change of heart for the end, I think. Yeah. Is that what's going on here? I think so. I think it it shows that maybe he is 
only using people and that people are getting hurt here and that's why he kind of decides to do the right thing and try and help sure and also like they drop some not very subtle hints about well maybe i'll write this down in a journal as kind of an easy way to write in what jeff's Mm -hmm. gonna do later when he writes out a long speech about this yeah this is when we get of all the like interceptions of of knowledge from Abed and Troy, like about the weapons and stuff. This is when it starts getting like kind of personal and kind of mean. When Abed writes this pretty, even though it's presented in a funny way, he writes this pretty mean email about Troy and like how he's he's analyzed all of Troy's flaws and 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 he's he's like trying to use them against him. When I think Troy is still just kind of playing a game. Uh, I think this this made me sad a little bit. This made Troy. me sad too, and it's to magnitude Leonard and Starburns. Um, yeah, this made me sad because oh, Troy sure. really got his feelings hurt from this. And of course he did. His best friend wrote this about him. Mm-hmm. And they add another totally pointless uh, Britta being bad at taking pictures jokes. Mm-hmm. They say the only person who was there to capture the moment was Britta and there's a bad photo. But we show footage of it happening. Yeah, that I did see that part and that was like... But hmm. yet the documentary is supposed to be canon in the universe? Come on. Pictured here lying down, Troy does not take Abed's email lying down. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dick. It always startles me because I didn't know back in these days that you'd be able to say the word dick on NBC. Yeah, I think that, that used was... to be a little bit more of a taboo word, but they mm-hmm. kind of changed their mind on it. Yeah. And Troy does fire back in a way that I'm sure didn't get to Abed the way that his email got to Troy, but saying that Abed's never going to have another friend because nobody will ever have the patience Troy had with him. Yeah. Damn. Four-part text message. I like that they included that, (laughs) oh, man, the days of getting a text message that's like one out of four and then three out of four and then Oh, my God. They were never in the right order. No, they weren't. Talking head of Jeff explaining kind of what we had already heard. I don't know how necessary this was either. Uh, talking mm-hmm. about how he wants to make things right and things are getting real and people are getting hurt and and Troy and Abed need to be reconciled. So we're getting closer towards him working to fix this. What did, did you, you think about... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask you, what did you think about the uh, stopping to watch the Skate Shoot Sing show? I don't know. Here, I'll say... I like the reference to was it World War Two when they like were like okay we're not gonna fight because it's Christmas and like the yeah. Nazis and the not Nazis like all like ate Christmas dinner together sure. and they killed each other the next day yeah um, that I thought was funny I, I liked the concept of the show uh, Dan Harmon said this was kind of just him talking shit on American Idol that he didn't like very much mm. I think Dan it's... aren't you like eight years into American Idol at this point. Isn't it a little late to be like, F*** you, American American Idol. I think everyone was kind of at that point. (laughs) I think what I don't like about the bit is what we actually see of Ski, Shoot, Sing. That's fair. The photo of the stage and the contestants and the host and the logo. It's very poorly edited. And I think if we were going to see it, we needed to really see it. And if they're not going to do that, we should just talk about it. Well, because they show clips of, like, Inspector Space Time, so they can do a TV Now, show an old screen. 70s TV show clip is easier to film than, like, this in front of an audience sure. being, singing competition. But you know what I mean? That looks so bad that mm-hmm. it makes me not really like the bit that much. I wish they would have just talked about it. Yeah. 
But because there's a ceasefire, it's a good opportunity for Jeff to get Troy and Abed together one more time to try to end this once and for all. It's going too far. And as always, when things get this far, usually Jeff is the only person who can uh, get people out of things, but it, yeah. it doesn't really work here. This is where they start to... They start to try to have a little bit of an emotional pull in this episode, which is something that I feel this episode lacks a little bit. I think I think a Troy and Abed conflict should be pretty emotional because we love them so much. Uh, and that's what Jeff kind of does here. He talks to him and says, you're Troy and Abed. You do everything together. Uh, but uh, they're so far gone that their friendship is dead and whoever wins the war is moving out of the apartment. Uh, what do you think about the way they handled the emotions in this episode? Do you think it's a little ham-fisted? Do you think it's... I, I like how they did it, actually. I think that when these two people would be in this emotional thing and Troy's whole thing is he's trying to stand up for himself and be assertive, sure. he's not going to show his emotions in front of Abed, and Abed's not going to show his emotions anyway. He's going to be matter-of-fact. like, okay, I lost this friend. I'm not happy about it, but that's how it is. So I have to continue with what I'm doing. They're both so invested in this. I, I it didn't bother me and I I felt the emotional kind of weight of it maybe a little more but maybe part of it is that we know that this is likely to be resolved by the end of the episode sure I think what I needed is that's fine it could be resolved by the end of the episode but Troy and Abed need to learn some things about their friendship that needs to go past this episode yeah and I don't and know I don't know how much of that there do. was yeah, yeah. So we're wrapping up towards the end of the episode, but first we get this extended bit about the different areas of Greendale mapped out and where all of their names come from. Uh, you know, the western portion of the East Hall, the western half of the North Hall, which is named not after William North, but the other one was named after William North. What do you think about this bit? Is it funny? Is it too much? Is it's it... fine. The English Memorial Spanish Center is funnier. For a whole host of reasons. One, because obviously English Memorial is is a guy, and that he was Portuguese, and it's the Spanish center. That's very yeah. And learning all this history about Greendale, that it wasn't just founded in like 1970 by yeah some dude, or is it that the town is Greendale and it's whoever found the town? Either way, it's a bizarre piece of history that is almost written to be forgotten, but it, it it's kind of funny. Yeah. So now we're in the cafeteria, and this big climactic final battle is about to happen. Troy and Abed have hurt feelings, Troy especially, and they're ready to finally take it out on each other. The end of the war is beginning, and they charge. The way this action is shot, I think probably my favorite thing about this episode is the way that they small-scale shoot the action Mm -hmm. in a way that makes it feel larger scale than it is. I really liked in this one how we have still shots of different characters but they've adr added in them screaming on top of it like abed here and and troy before i thought that was a really nice touch and it makes it feel you're you're right the the way the the whole screen shakes (laughs) when shirley yells and and i don't know the the images are still but the action is huge and and you're right that usually this would be something that that takes away from from Mm -hmm. the action but they've managed a way to do this in this episode pretty perfectly yeah they nail it and then going right to the shot of Shirley just whooping him with the double pillows, great. But they don't overdo it. They only show it for like a second, and then mm-hmm. we're back into the back into the the static shots. It's interesting. And you can tell some of these they probably were like, you know, okay, Shirley, you do this, Chang, you do this. But then like some of these they probably just told the extras like have a pillow fight, and then they just grabbed what shots they could from it. I love the bit of Chang 
hitting the girl with a pillow and then laying back down and playing dead immediately after. That's well, really funny. There are a lot of things about this two-second Chang bit that I like. He says, I'm dead, I'm dead, and then goes to hit the girl a couple more times. And then says, okay, fine, now I'm dead, and lays down. And as soon as he lays down and closes his eyes dead, he sticks his tongue out. And that's something <laughs> Chang's been doing all this season, is he always has his tongue stuck out. It's something so that Ken Jong has talked about. They joked around it on set and, and called it Chang Tongue, and that he would always just do this dead face like, <laughs> uh, tongue stuck out face and i think it's really funny to watch him do it yeah <laughs> the kids pillow man, fighting pillow man the shot of a pillow man charging for a second and then it turns into a still image that's being like slowly zoomed in on it feels like a video game moment where you've just been murdered by pillow man yeah it does <laughs> if we <laughs> The fighting is all happening around Jeff, and Jeff's like, all right, guys, don't be too crazy. Nobody touch me, and he backs him off. Jeff or Joel pulls a really funny face here. Yeah. I would If we ever get a chance to talk to any community people again, I'd love to hear some stuff about the filming of this episode. And if oh, it sure. Was, like how it was all staged, and I would, I would love to talk to Tristram or to talk to Andy, the writer, director of this episode. Mm-hmm. And hear about what went on behind the scenes on it. It sounds like it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and like you said earlier, the the vibe, like the shaking of the, like the screen, just adds so much weight to every pillow hit that happens. So the fight is interrupted. We're back into a video shot, kind of away from the documentary for a second again. I the I can't say enough times. These are the moments that feel weird for me. If they were gonna commit to this documentary thing, they're so close to having Mm -hmm. it 100%, and they should have just found a way to do it under the guise of what they were doing rather than snap out of it to tell us something. Uh, The Guinness rep isn't coming, so none of this matters. Uh, This can all... The Dean doesn't care about this anymore, so it might as well be over. He's not on board anymore. Uh, The guy from the Guinness World Records got fired? What happened there? He did something very bad and got fired, and he said it was a world record mistake. And it's over, so everybody can just... Just give up. It was a waste of two and a half days. And everyone that's not Troy and Abed, this kind of ends their interest. Which <laughs> Chang still hits someone right after it pillows. ends. I don't really believe so much, though, that the heat of this battle was hinged totally on the world record for the people no. that are now dispersing. That they'd just be like, all right, I guess that's it then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, but I also think that these people have been doing this for two days and that they're like, you know what, I should probably go home. Kind of like paintball. When, like, they're having a lot of fun, but once they're out, they're like, okay. And then we learn that after the battle ends, Troy and Abed continue to hit each other for hours, and -hmm. they're not willing to let the battle end. This is cute. They're not Mm -hmm. willing to let the battle end because they know that this is the last thing that they'll ever do together, and once the battle's over, it's over. So they want it to never end. And that's basically right there solving their problem for them. They, yeah. they can't just give up and, and agree to disagree because they've already made these fake stakes and they have to stick with the stakes. But they love each other so much that they're just going to play this game for the rest of their life if that's the only way they can still be friends with each other. Well, and see, I think that's that's great. I think that's a great way to wrap it up where they're like, nobody wins, but they win because they get to stay friends. I didn't cry at this, but I did get a little bit, like, misty-eyed. Because I love Troy and Abed. So Jeff does end up coming up with a solution, and it's those fake friendship magic hats that he came up with earlier because 
Troy and Abed no longer need a solution to their friendship. They are just friends, so they will continue to be friends. Of course they will. They now need a way to end the battle within the battle, right? And yeah. they can't just give it up because then what was the point of all of it? It has to have an ending because they need... Abed especially needs that continuity and that closure for the situation, I'm sure. Uh, but they don't take Jeff's idea seriously at first because they knew that when he said it initially, it was sarcastic. And he mm-hmm. says, he'll, he, what, what, what does Jeff say here that gets them on board with it? Because he's like, he's like, yeah, it was sarcastic. And I'm going to roll my eyes when you put them on because that's how I am. But that's not how you have to be. And they agree with it. They take off their hats. I do like the bit here. They're prepared to do this. Jeff hands them their hats and is like, all right, guys, here you go. Have fun. And Troy and Abed are such children. It's like, come on, Jeff. You, we threw them off our heads in the dean's office. Well, that's, and that makes it are. even funnier that they did that because they kind of brush it off earlier. Like, come on, we're not kids. But they have treated these hats as real the whole time. They just were not going to wear them. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not that they're not real. <laughs> Once you say something is real, it's real. It's real. And Annie in a talking head uh, it kind of has this aunt, isn't Jeff cute moment, which isn't always my favorite thing to see out of mm-hmm. Annie, but whatever. It's really slight. And she and says she's that right. This was cute. It was cute. She says that it's really cute because Jeff waited long enough that they would believe that he went back to the dean's office to get the hats. But it went even farther than that. I love Jeff's little trot as he's he running back with in. the hats. That was really cute. And he puts them back on them. And we find and Choi's face when he puts his hat on, I thought was really cute. And we find out that Jeff didn't just pretend. He care. I don't know. This is weird. Jeff cares enough about Choi and Abed and their friendship and sees how important their friendship is and what it can do and how hard it is for all the people around them when their friendship is out of whack that he's in on the bit now too and he went all the way back to the dean's office to get the hats without pretending he even dusted them off and and brought them back a certain way and nobody was watching him do it there was nobody yeah that uh, was nobody but him and he like remembered where they threw him he like actually picked them up where they were britta accidentally gets a good picture of the moment while trying to get a stack of waffles i don't i laughed at that no why couldn't if they were gonna make this little arc with britta why couldn't they just have let her have one i don't like it i don't like the i don't like the shitting on britta in this episode sure what i do like though is the pillow man walking out of the (laughs) yeah but the adr pierce line where he says i can't hear you your cheeks are in the way what the does that mean yeah i think he should have meant my cheeks they were like chevy just improvised something and then he said that and they're like (laughs) oh well all right i guess we gotta go with that (laughs) yeah i think he was supposed to say my cheeks are in the way i don't know but yeah the episode ends on a cute moment like we talked about realizing that jeff did actually go all the way back to the office and it's cute. Does this moment make you like Jeff a little bit better after the last yes. couple episodes were bad on Jeff? It does. What about him writing this big, long voiceover uh, speech in the book? What do you think of that? I think this brings him back down to earth a little bit. It didn't bother me, but it definitely wasn't like it didn't come across as, oh, he's journaling. No, he was writing something profound that he could then say for the documentary. It brings him back down to earth. And also, I sort of don't believe that he would do you, wait, wait. Two things. First, I don't believe that he would 
uh, the way that he always bullshits his speeches, mm-hmm. I don't believe that he would sit down at a notebook and put this much thought into something like this and write it down. Which Probably makes me not. think, secondly, has Jeff been pre-writing every winger speech he's ever given? That's and hilarious. says it and delivers it as if it's off the cuff and he so doesn't care when actually he cares way too much? Well, because they're very, like, generic a lot of the time, and then he just puts in a couple details. Fill in the like, blanks. So you think he's got, like, 60 of them? Oh, I'm certain that he does. That's great. That's an interesting way to look at it. Because Jeff's, like, goal is to come off like he doesn't care. It's not that he actually doesn't care. And then the episode ends with that weird bit of medic that, I don't know, I feel like usually when when Community does an episode like this, all of the answers for how could this work in the universe of the show are there in the episode. Mm-hmm. This one has them, but it's kind of lazy with them in a way that the show usually isn't. Because it's so worried about the the scope of the episode itself that it, it gets tied up on a couple of those explanations. So when it ends with this meta bit of Jeff being in the voice recording booth with Keith David as he's narrating and Jeff is there mm-hmm. too and the weird, oh, were you in the cape thing? That took me out of it in a weird way. I think I thought it was really funny because of Keith David's delivery. I think that's what made me laugh so hard is he was like no but i didn't see it as him saying no because he wasn't in it i took it as him saying no because he was embarrassed that he did the cape that that's also funny that could be it too i don't know what they're trying to say there and man i i think i stand by that as we get to the end of the episode all of my thoughts are kind of abstract and hard to get together on this one because i love the the guys of the episode i love how they've committed to the documentary and all of the like graphic dependent moments all of the action scenes are awesome and done exactly what you would want out of an episode like this but then there's too much uh more straight shot moments uh that kind of take you out of that where it feels like it's almost a half and half episode when it should have just gone all the way into it and also the reality of it is weird when the reality of weird episodes like this is usually thought out a little more well I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are enough things about it that that make me take a step or two back from it. It's not a a Mount Rushmore for me, but it sounds like it could be for you. I don't know if it's quite on my Mount Rushmore, but I would probably put this one close to the top ten. It would probably look, make my top fifteen. Look, it's I, I I've ha- I've come up with stuff that I don't like about it as we've been talking about it today. But don't think that I just totally hate this episode because I still think it's at the very least a really strong like. B plus of an episode. It's a great episode. Where would it's you put it this like, season for you? I we've done enough of it now that I can't give you that answer right away. Probably top five. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put it in the top five, maybe top three of the season. I'm not sure. Because for me, it probably goes remedial chaos theory. Yeah. Then probably this. Then probably regional holiday music. I would put regional holiday music above this one. Sure. Um. And then maybe Advanced Gay next for me? I might like Competitive Ecology more than this one. Mm-hmm. I like the Halloween episode more than this one. I might like Studies in Modern Movement See, the, more than the this The Halloween one. episode is, is my least favorite Halloween episode, so I don't have I that one super high. definitely like the documentary episode better than this one, the oh, Greendale commercial. Um, I like that one a lot. But I'd put it 
comfortably below like impressionists and urban matrimony and foosball and and advanced gay and mm-hmm. the first two. I don't know. It's in the middle, kind of. Does that wow. does that upset you guys listening? I want to hear what you guys think. What is it about this episode that makes it so special? Is it just the guys of the episode? If you think about it a little bit uh, more intensely in the way that I've made myself do it this mm-hmm. week, uh, does it does it still hold up as strong? Because I think episodes like Paintball don't make sense in the world of the show, but they do enough to bring you there. And yeah. I don't know if this one does. I love the end tag. I love that they stuck with the documentary for the end tag and did like a PBS commercial. I thought so this funny. was great. Troy and Abed's demeanor throughout of it of being like, uh, man, well, I can't believe we have to do this, but we do. So why don't you give us our money? I thought the way that they delivered some of the lines in this as like throwaway was, yeah. was really, really funny. Well, and I, I love whenever they do either Troy and Abed in the morning or something like this where they adopt those, like, Today Show personas of, like, yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, ha, ha, ha. It's just so good because it's it's them playing those parts so well, and it's so believable because it's Danny Pudi and Donald Glover playing Troy and Abed playing something playing. else, and I just yes. love when they get to do that. I also – you're right that each of the DVDs were $200, which is r- ridiculous. <laughs> and I would love as a community fan to spend $200 to see its entertainment or a year in Paris with Dean Craig Pelton. I would certainly pay $200 for a year in Paris with Craig Pelton. Those sound so fun. Yeah. I love this end tag. Honestly, the end tag is, is up there with my favorite. Uh, the end tag might be my favorite Troy and Abed moment of the entire episode. And it's I like really that funny. it ends with a friendship moment. They're on to the next thing already now that this is done. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. I think we've talked pretty at length about what we like, what we don't like about the episode, how how we both feel about it. So let's talk to some MVP. Let's do it. This one was a really hard one to pick on. It is a really hard one because, like I said earlier, it's not exactly a character-specific episode. So I'm going to give a couple of honorable mentions. Sure. Jeff and Troy honorable mention they they both stand out really well but this episode is way more about greendale than the greendale seven so it's not one of them and i even want to give an honorable mention to keith david as the narrator because without keith david this episode doesn't work right yeah but since it's an atypical episode i'm gonna give an atypical mvp and give it to the editing team behind community who are you our dad the people who is that what he said no. The people who did all of the graphic design for this episode, the people who who weaved together the narration with the stills to make action and to make make uh, a civil war drama, it's just spectacular. So I was going to give it to Keith David, but then when I thought about how this episode does not work without that, that sure. Cracker Jack editing in this episode. So I'm going to shout out whoever edited it. I don't know their name. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I... What about you? I'm going to give my honorable mentions to Keith David, to Shirley, uh, and to Troy. Okay. I think all were standouts this episode. It was really tough for me between Troy and who I picked, but I gave my MVP to Jeff. I think that okay. him going back and, and doing Not very hats, often we see a Stephen Baker, Jeff it's MVP. It's very rare that Jeff gets an MVP This might be me. the first if like just the second or third or something. It's the first in a while. Yeah. That's for sure. I don't know that he's gotten one for me this season. Yeah. Sure. But I think that he he earned it from me this week. In an episode that I really, really like, Jeff is is the one who stood out a little more. Troy also gave a great performance, obviously, but I think that Jeff was just really nailed it. 
Wow. Well, that's it. That's pillows and blankets. What a discourse we've had today. Yeah, a little bit of a surprising one for me. I don't know if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something with this episode because I do really like it and I've always remembered it fondly, but I guess it's never been one that I've gone back to a a bunch and I think now that I've watched it again, I kind of see maybe why. But I, I loved it and I was excited to talk about it. And if I'm being honest, I'm kind of excited for now to move a little bit past the storylines that have taken up the last couple of episodes. Sure. I'm a little bit ready to move past the sandwich shop. I'm a little bit ready to move past the Troy and Abed rift and to move on to something else. So next week, we're going to be doing that when we talk about the next episode, which is Origins of Vampire Mythology. It's a weird episode. It's an episode that pairs up Chang and Pierce together. It's the episode where... I think they try. They there's a carnival. Uh, there's a man named Blade. Yeah, there's a lot going like, on next week. He, she's not dating Blade, but there's it's like an ex boyfriend, and they're trying to keep her from texting him or something. That's what it is. Uh, I, I I I'm excited for that episode. It's one of those slight episodes that I think might be better than I remember it being. I'm excited for it. However, we by the time this one comes out, we'll have already recorded that. So if you want to be a part of upcoming podcasts, go ahead and send us in your MVP, your favorite funny moment, and some trivia from episode 16, which is Virtual Systems Analysis. Send those over to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what we do here and you want to support us and help us go further, uh, we plan on, I don't know, I see this becoming a podcast network of sorts. I see more shows in the future. I see multiple shows in the future. I think this can go way further than the humble community podcast that began it. So if you want to help us along that way, Can't Disappoint Podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash Can't Disappoint Podcast. That's the best way to support us, to get shout outs on the show, to get extra content, to get this podcast early. That is where it's at. But Steven, where else can we be found? Well, if you want to, you know, say hi to us and have us respond a little bit quicker than sending in an email, uh, you can give us a follow, send us a message over on Twitter.com or the app if you have it on your mobile phone um, under the username, you can't, you can't disappod. Uh, we're also over on Instagram under the name Can't Disappoint Podcast, and we're on Facebook and YouTube as well under the name of the show You Can't Disappoint a Podcast with the appropriate number of S's and P's in the word disappoint. We sure are. <laughs> Thanks everyone for hanging out with us again. We love that you hang out with us every week and that you give us a reason to hang out every week and to talk community for you every week. And we'll be back next week. I think we did it. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. I think we can put a shiny bow in my hair and lay my head on your lap because it's time to finish. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated, be safe out there. And Garrett, will you please fix the microphone on my laptop? It's doing that thing again. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we love you. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Take care. Tip your bathroom attendant. My enemy, my ally, prisoners. Then we're free, it's a thin line. I'm seeing the pain, seeing the pleasure. Nobody but you, nobody but me, nobody but us, bodies together.